on today's show. You know, you're coming in from your day and there's, there's that big window. And the first thing that happened or that I noticed was that sometimes there was a woman's face in the window. Hello, welcome to Mystical Magical Creatures. I'm Beth. And I'm Erica. And this is episode two. This is our second show in our two show series on ghosts. Yeah. And um, I'm really excited tonight because I've been hearing about this really cool ghost story. This is a good one. So Erica, I'm going to actually let you introduce our guest because this is someone that you've known for a while and you've been talking to me about this story and I cannot wait to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a a great follow-up episode to our What is a Ghost? And I'm really happy and grateful and excited to... um, have our guest on. He is a longtime friend um, and somebody that I highly respect. Um, and yeah, I've been excited to share this this story with with all of our listeners. So, without further ado, please welcome Joseph Benish to Mystical Magical Creatures. Welcome, Joseph. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. Why don't you just uh, maybe tell us a little bit about? Um, your thoughts on what a ghost is. I'm, I'm just sort of curious because we were, Beth and I have been discussing this and, and we've, we've got some theories and we've been um, playing with some different ideas, but I, I'd really love to know your thoughts on that. Hmm. I, I don't know if I've ever thought about what a ghost is very much because I've certainly never been asked that question before. <laughs> I, I thought I'd put you on the spot. Sorry. No, yeah. <laughs> Well, but I have always thought about, often thought about the afterlife and because I was raised a little bit spiritual, a little bit Catholic and did a lot of reading in my, mostly in my twenties on spirituality and different religions. So I actually have kind of my own, what I call my own chaos theory, which is I do believe in something like a spirit or a chi or a will or a soul or, you know, whatever label you want to call it, but I do believe there's there's something in us that moves because I think there's so many stories that kind of confirm that, especially from healthcare workers mm-hmm. who are with someone, give them permission to move on after everybody has visited. And so if there is a spirit and if different people believe in heaven or, or hell or reincarnation or just going to dust, I kind of wonder if at that moment of passing, whatever you most believe, you know, whatever your will is already headed towards, whether that's a happy light place with friends and family or coming back as a tree in Portland or, you know, somewhere else, <laughs> I kind of think maybe that's where you go. Like if you mm-hmm. think you're already set on this path, maybe that path is what continues, mm-hmm. you know, and again, that's that, a good theory person. So so then a ghost, maybe that is that person's path. Like, you know, at their moment of passing, for whatever reason, they feel like they're not they're not done yet. They're not ready to leave, you know, whether that's, mm-hmm. again, for a happy reason or a sad reason or whatever mm-hmm. in between. And maybe that, that spirit sticks around, you know, in some yeah. form or another. Yeah. 
I like that's that. A, that's that's an excellent explanation. <laughs> explanation. Yeah. In the show that we did, the previous show, Eric and I, basically our conclusion was we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We we really the have to answer. Open. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, that is the sign of the expert to definitely say I'm the expert and I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sign of a wise person for uh, sure. Well, um, so that's really interesting. I didn't realize that that was kind of your your theory and take on mm-hmm. on what a ghost could be, and that actually leads me to a lot of questions now about because you've you've shared your story with me before, mm-hmm. and and even took me to the place where it all happened, and mm-hmm. um, and it's just I don't know. The, what I love about your story is that there's a really interesting ending and plot twist and I don't want to give it away. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know, Beth, do you, do you have any thoughts or questions before we move into the story? Um, well, I just think that is a, a really excellent explanation. And um, it made me think about uh, something that my dad just told me recently. And he said that when he was coming out of a surgery, he saw our grandfather. There were a bunch of people waiting for him to wake up out of surgery. And he said he saw our grandfather. And my dad's not like, not like the kind of person to talk about stuff like that. And so yeah. just what Joseph just had to say, I was like, oh, wow, that's um, reminding me of that story. So I really like what Joseph had to say about it. And I think that is a really awesome explanation. I don't know. I just want to know yeah. the story, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's so. Probably, mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to yeah. say, it's probably fair to say, you know, leading into the ghost story that, you know, before and after this, this, when this happened, uh, I had never seen a ghost or anything freaky or wonky, hadn't seen anything before, not anything since. So this was very much hmm. just a moment in time for me. I mean, it was more than a moment. It was things over um, a couple months, but okay. nothing before or since, uh, which for yeah. me is, is significant. So... Yeah, that is very significant, I think. And um, be- before it, ha- do you, before it, it happened, you know, did you have the same kind of perspective on what you, what you feel a ghost might be or a theory? It was it was emerging at that time. So all this went down when I was about twenty, and I was pretty much in my early journey of spirituality in terms of you know, spending time reading and, and researching. And when I say reading and researching, I mean all different faiths and religions. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was very much at the beginning of that. So no, I did not have my, my chaos theory yet probably, but certainly open-minded and, and again, certainly no major experiences before or after. So <laughs> I want to hear the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, tell us the story. Okay, so I mean, this is it. This is where I where I start. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) sure. Yeah, so very conversational, laid back. (laughs) So I have told this story a a few times uh, over the years because it's a fun story to tell, and I can I can attest that it is a a true story. Uh, It involves my family, as you all hear, including my mother, who uh, has since passed on, uh, and my brother and. Part of the reason why I say that is because I would never 
I, I do have a theater background, so full disclosure, I have a theater background for, <laughs> but this is not for me performative, although that probably comes out of my storytelling a bit. And I would never include my family in any sort of performance or any of the stuff that goes along with that. So that's kind of yeah. my, you know, testament to to truth on this. So well, that explains why you're such a good speaker, by the way. I mean, <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. So yeah, so we moved here. So my mother, my brother and I moved here from California. I was in Fresno at the time. My mother and my brother were in a different part of California. And they were on their way here because my mom was a traveling nurse at the time and was coming here and I was ready to get out of California for multiple reasons. And I said, hey, how about I join you? And she said, great. So we all moved here together. And, oh, and when you say uh, here, you mean Arizona, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry for the listeners who don't know my address. Which yeah. Is, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in Phoenix. We can put it up if you'd like us to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just bumped my chair, chair um, hydraulic. So, yes, okay. moved here when I was 20. In, and I know the date. It was actually we traveled here and arrived because it's a short drive from California to Phoenix on Halloween, uh, 1992. So maybe that was an omen, like never moved to a place on Halloween. Uh, we moved here. We actually lived in Apache Junction with a few months because my mom's first job was out east. And then we moved into Phoenix into this house where everything happened uh, that Erica has seen. It's on 43rd Avenue in Bethany home. And we moved into this house. It was, you know, we were just renting it and it was a big house, big kind of a ranch style house. It had a pool, it had a jacuzzi, wide space. And mo most importantly in the, in the architecture, it had a carport. And the carport as you pull into the carport, you're facing uh, what was the former garage and is now an apartment converted to an apartment. And it has a big window, a big bay window in the front. So as you pull into your carport, you're, you're looking right at that window of, of the old, of the apartment. And also notable in the architecture, there was a door between the apartment and the living room. So just off the carport was the front door to the house. And actually kind of um, perpendicular to that inside the house was the door between the apartment and the house. Now the apartment we just used as storage because it was a big house. We didn't need the extra room. So for us, it was actually just storage. It had boxes and, and stuff from having just moved. So again, if you can picture calling into, into a carport, you know, you're coming in from your day and there's, there's that big window. And the first thing that happened or that I noticed was that sometimes there was a woman's face in the window. Wow. And yeah. And again, I had never, I was 20 years old. I had never seen anything like this before. And so I just kind of took it in. I'm kind of looking at it and it wasn't like a threatening face or a scary face. It was definitely a woman's face. And uh, people always asking like, was it, you know, what it looked like? And I was like, it's hard yeah. to say because it wasn't like a full color face. It wasn't like a hologram. It was, the, the easiest way I can describe it is like those 3D mind's eye posters that were really popular in the 80s and 90s where you kind of see like the image kind of coming out of all that psychedelic color kind mm -hmm. of embedded in it. That's the easiest way for me to describe what I was seeing. And it was not. And, and sorry, was it like a big yeah. face or was it just like a, a regular person size face? Yeah, regular person's size okay. uh, woman's face. Regular size, so it wasn't like like, like the uh, like the Oz guy. Oh no, like yeah, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> 
no, 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 because no, no, at first I was picturing a big face. <laughs> oh, right, because it's in a big window. Right, right. Just no, that's a fair question. Down. Yeah, just to clarify. It's just a normal yep. woman's Can size. You- a normal, <laughs> just a normal floating face in the window. Like, yeah. Just- like, like <laughs> Very normal. And, Can you imagine if it was Oz size, though? Like how crazy oh would that be? <laughs> you would just, yeah, you I would not like, have kept this that? to myself if that. Yeah. Mom, there's a mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz out there in the window. I'm not staying here anymore. <laughs> but to be honest, because it was sort of normal-ish, I didn't say anything because I didn't know what to say. I was like, hey, guess what? There's a woman's face floating in the window. Like, I don't know how you have that conversation with someone um, without yeah, them, right. picking up the phone and slowly dialing the hospital, you know? like. <laughs> um, so that was there. And she and also, I think I might have mentioned, she was not there all the time. It was just occasionally. And I don't know if there was routine to it, but sometimes I'd pull up in the carport and she would be there. And sometimes she wasn't. Was so it, wasn't was it right. evening time? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember if there was a time of day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't recall. Uh, I mean, I, I had a regular job at the time, so you know, in the weekdays, it, it certainly would have been in the evening. But I don't remember if that was like a factor. Um, yeah. In this, yeah. but okay. What, and I have it, another it, weird yeah. question: Was she like mm-hmm. smiling or just like staring? Like, just like was she doing anything? So she kisses. Like, she, yeah, she was making faces and raspberries. <laughs> and she was sticking at her tongue and like giving me the, <laughs> the face. <laughs> no, no, she was neutral and okay. um, neutral is the best is the is the best uh, description of her. Neutral. Yeah, because that's how I picture. Was not yeah, de- like not happy, not n- no emotion that I recall aside from just kind of being there. Uh, yeah. So, but then one day I pulled up, my mom and I had been out and, you know, shopping or dinner or whatever. We pull into the carport and the woman's face is in the window and I'm just kind of looking at it. And I look over and my mom is staring at the same point. Mm. And then we do, we literally do that like Hollywood, like double take, like look at each other, look at the window back (laughs) a few times. And then I don't remember who one of us asked each other, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Are, are you seeing what I'm seeing? And my mother was also periodically seeing a woman's face in the window. Mm. And we were both seeing her at the same time at that point. Oh, wow. So we sat there for a bit and we kind of compared notes and had the same notes. Like she was just kind of there, not scary or anything, but not always mm. there. Yeah. Uh, and full disclosure, my, my mom, I, I don't know if she'd ever seen a ghost before, but my mom was much more spiritual. She had, she, she was more in of that world that either maybe, I don't know if she saw ghosts, but she much more believed in spirits. And then I think had interacted with them, at, you know, at some point. Um, and that was a little bit more of, of her life, but this was a first for me. So, so we had that, you know, we, we talked about that and we just, and, yeah, and can I just interject for one, one second, uh-huh. Joseph, cause I yeah. just have to point out to the listeners, especially and having, um, you know, the, the likelihood of two people having the same exact experience, the way that, that you guys did is so rare from my experience anyways, or from what I've, um, encountered in all the 
ghost hunting adventures that I've led, it doesn't, that doesn't happen very often where it sticks around long enough that you can have comparable notes. So I just have to like point that out that that's pretty incredible in itself. <laughs> mm. Mm. That's, I'm glad you said I didn't know that because uh, this is the only one I've ever experienced. Yeah. <laughs> but that makes sense. Yeah. So one of the other things that happened, so uh, in terms of timeline, we, we lived there less than six months because I'm pretty sure we had a six wow. month lease because my mom at that time, she was a traveling nurse. So she only took like, you know, six months gigs. Maybe it was only three months because we had lived in Apache Junction first for a bit. So we didn't, you know, we wouldn't have had a very long lease and we moved out of there early, uh, which uh, is a little bit, it's not a spoiler, but it relates to the end of the story. So these things happened. These didn't all happen like in one day. What I'm going to share, I, I'm pretty sure happened over the course of like a couple months, oh. you know, from when I started seeing the face, which was the first thing. And then the next thing, you know, and I don't know if this was a couple weeks or a month later, I had found my brother sleeping in the living room one night because I'm a night person. My brother's a morning person, but he's sleeping in the living room, which he never does and never did as a kid. And I talked to him. And I'm like, why are you sleeping out here? And he said, well, I'm having these nightmares. And when he was sleeping in his room, he was having these horrible nightmares of children dying in fire, like being burned oh. alive, like horrible oh, nightmares. But he figured out somehow that they did not happen if he slept in the living room. And so kind of oh. like the woman in the mirror, in the window, they didn't always occur, but if they did, they were only when he slept in his room. And the only way to not have them was to not sleep in his room. Go sleep wow. out on the couch. So that was, you know, that's kind of freaky, you know, to have that kind of nightmare. And, and again, it was a recurring nightmare. It was, you know, and a very graphic one, according to him. Yeah. So that was, um, that was certainly freaky, something that hadn't happened to us before. And then I think... The next thing that happened, my order in these might be off because it's been 25 years, 20, no, 28 years. I moved to Arizona 20 <laughs> years ago. Uh, was that um, someone had come to the house, a woman had come to the house and knocked on the door. My brother answered. Uh, by the way, I, I was at work. So my mom and my, my brother relayed this story to me when I got home. Okay. Someone had come to the door, a lady come to the door and, and said, hey, I'm just driving by. I used to live here like 30 years ago. Do you mind if I come in and check it out? And my brother, this part I remember, because this was also freaky, goes to ask my mom, who was in another room. She was either like in the kitchen or her bedroom or something. It was a big house. Like she was a little ways away and says, there's a lady at the door. And my mom freaks out and is like, no, don't let her in. Tell her to go away. Wow. And uh, without even meeting her, she just gets like wow. a sense. Again, my mom was a bit more. <laughs> so my brother says, sorry, you know, I can't come in and. As far as I know, that was the that was the end of it. And lady goes away, but they tell me when I come home that night, you know, that somebody had come to the house and said she lived there, but mom didn't let her in. So that was that happened, and then again, I don't know, some weeks or a month later, I had one of the weirdest things happen to me. If the if the thing in the window wasn't weird enough, the the woman <laughs> in the window, yeah, I I had my first and only nightmare in my entire life uh, up to that point and still up to now. I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky. I don't have nightmares or scary dreams. Wow. <laughs> um, but my one and only happened in this house and I was asleep in my room and I had uh, a very vivid dream of being in the house and there was an evil man 
and I had to protect the house. But unlike the dreams that they say are based on like insecurities where like you can't run or you can't mm-hmm. fight and like you're struggling. Mm-hmm. I was a bad mamma jamma in this dream. <laughs> I was like beating this guy up and, uh, you know, I was punching him in the face and I was like throwing him around and I was like super cool. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme to really date myself. Nice. You know? yeah. Are you sure and, it was a nightmare? Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> it was like kind of a nightmare in that he was scary and then, and, but then it flipped. So that yeah, part yeah. would not be, that part would be cool. Cause I'm like super cool. Bruce Lee movie. <laughs> But then I've got him up against the wall and I'm like punching him or whatever. And then he disappears and I'm looking for him. And <laughs> then I feel his hands go around my neck. Oh, oh. me up oh, against the wall, <laughs> choking me. Uh, oh, yeah. wow. And I've had those dreams. Oh. oh, yeah. And it was freaky. And I'm kind of like, kind of sort of the man of the house. And I say, I command you to get out of my house. And he disappears. Mm-hmm. Right then I wake up. Mm-hmm. And, wow. I wake up mm-hmm. and I'm like, what the bleep? Which has <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm never had a dream even close to that. And mo- I've never even had really vivid dreams like that. Never one of like my own house or whatever mm-hmm. that I can recall. Mm-hmm. And what's even weirder is I actually can still feel his hands around my neck. So I get up and I go in the bathroom to check to see if I can see marks on my neck. Which I can't, but it still feels like his hands are around my neck. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. whoa, what <laughs> heck was that? Um, so that was a first. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So I don't know if you call that a nightmare or not, but it was pretty freaky. And again, the one and only uh, time in my life it's ever uh, happened. It is, I have some theories on those types of dreams for mm-hmm. sure, which we can talk about later. But I, yeah, wow, that's intense. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, the, I think the next thing was, um, it was late one night and my mom, um, again, she, she's passed on, but she, she was a big reader and she was a speed reader. Um, she would go through like a book a night and she would read like the romance and the fantasy novels, little paperbacks, you know? And so part of what was in the apartment was books, was literally boxes of books, because she would also reread the books over. And um, she'd, she'd call me out because um, I was I would be awake. My mom and I were both night people. She wanted me to go get her a box of books. And she, she often, one of her many jokes um, over the years was she had two boys to carry heavy things. So, <laughs> uh, so again, there's that adjoining door between the living room and the apartment, right? So she's in the living room mm-hmm. like reading. And I'm like, all right, because I know my role is to carry heavy things. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I go to the door between the living room and the apartment, and I open it up, and there's the woman standing right in front of me. No. Mm -hmm. Full body, full color, standing right there in the other side of the door. And I jump back, and I (laughs) my head off and uh but by the time i come back i look up and she's gone and wow. I'm, I'm sitting there and my mom is like what is going on with you <laughs> so that wouldn't explain it like what's going on over there and i'm like and i'm standing right there she's i'm like mom she was right there the woman but not not like the floating face like full color full body standing right in front of me Wow. Oh my gosh. 
Um, and, and she was standing at the door. She was standing at the threshold of it. I opened it up and I almost ran into her. Right. Like, right. And, and, and um, was she so, completely mm-hmm. solid or was she at all like see-through or? You know, I don't know. I know she was, I know I could see her whole, her whole body. I know she was in mm-hmm. color because I can picture her baby blue nightgown to this day. It's like burned into oh, my wow. head. Wow. Um, that she was wearing a nightgown and a, and a, a, a blue nightgown. And um, I can picture her, but it was also like in the split second, it was like open the door, see, jump, you know. Right, right. So I, I couldn't tell you if it was a solid like form or if it was more like the ghost hologrammy thing, but it was full color, full body. She was 100% there. Um, yeah. And I almost ran into her. Wow. <laughs> I know. Uh, I wonder what would have happened if you'd kept going. <laughs> oh my god! I know. According to the Ghostbusters, it'd be covered in slime at that point. So yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Ectoplasm. <laughs> yeah, ectoplasm. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah. So uh, my mom and I stayed up all night talking about it, and you know, I described her, and and um, so that you know that happened, and we're just kind of just kind of chalking it up to like living in this house. But then the, the last thing that happened uh, was we were uh, – something happened again during the day when I wasn't there because I worked – during the days I worked at uh, St. Joe's Hospital at the time. And uh, while I was there, a news crew comes by and says, hey, we are doing an, like an investigation into this house. And I don't remember – I know they didn't come in, but they must have asked permission to film in front or whatever – and if I recall, we don't know what they were filming until the night of, um, because the night of, we're watching the news, we're watching for it, uh, and the reporter standing in front of the house and says, you know, behind me in this house, 30 years ago, there was a fire, and in this wow. fire, two of the three children died. The father was out of town on head back, was out of town on business and the mother disappeared and has never been seen or heard from ever since. Oh, no way. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So my mom hears that and she's like, all right, we're out. Like, <laughs> we're <laughs> Smart <out>. woman. <laughs> uh-huh. Joseph, you grab the box of books. Like we're. <laughs> Go back in the apartment. I'll wait out here. (laughs) So we move out right away. And then within, I mean, it was a short while. It felt like a couple weeks. Um, I looked up the, well, I won't get there yet, but some, some weeks later, I don't know if it was weeks or a month again, the timeline's fuzzy. We're watching the news again. And the police had been called like this was all kind of going on behind the scenes. We didn't know it. The police had been called. The house was empty and they go in and they dig down next to the apartment. There was like a cement slab uh, by the jacuzzi. They dig down next to the apartment and they find buried next to the apartment the remains of the mother. No. And this is like a movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm telling wow. you that that's why I was like, we have to have Joseph yeah, share this yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so the, the mother, and I don't remember the order of how the rest of it got uncovered. I do know this, that the dad was living in another state and had already had moved on and had like another family or something. 
and was arrested because remember he was supposed to be out of town on the trip and it turns out that he had a you know, fake out of town business trip but in reality he set fire to his own house in which two of his three or four children died in and wow. murdered his wife and here's the trip part the forensics or the confession or something confirmed that he had strangled her to death Oh no. Oh, oh no way. So there's your dream. I just got goosebumps upon goosebumps. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. He strangled her and then buried uh, her body next to that. And then he still lived in the house for a bit. So he was actually the one that covered it up with a cement slab. And it turns <sighs> out the woman who came to the house, I did, I did leave out one detail on purpose. Um, the woman had come to the house, she was actually very heavily burned. And she was one of the surviving children. Um, I think he had four children. I think he had three daughters and a boy or something. So two of the daughters died in the fire. They died in my brother's room. Oh, no. wow. And, wow. but the one daughter survived with burns and she was the one that came to the house. And it turns mm-hmm. out, and actually I can share with you the article on this because it, it was, obviously heavily reported um, that she was the one who like recalled this years later. Um, And she actually has a memory of her dad dragging her mom's lifeless body to the backyard. Oh no. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's that's intense. Yeah. yeah. Did I share the, the news article with you, Erica? I feel like I may have forwarded the email to it at some point. Um, I don't think so. I can afford yeah. it. I, I had saved the link in my email. Like I've shared it with a couple yeah. of friends. Um, yeah, we'd love to. We'd love to be able to share that if it's okay with you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's just I'm just sharing the news article that they did way back. And so the father was convicted, um, you know, a first degree murder, and then he was in jail here, in prison, for life. And I think he only passed in like 2014 or so. And this all would have went mm-hmm. down and. We we lived in that house in 1992. Well, early 1993, because we moved here in mm-hmm. October of 92. We mo- we mo- would have moved into that house like early um, 1993. Yeah. Wow, which is when the whole story uh, broke in the news. Wow. Do Do you think the um the daughter who came to the house? What do you think she wanted when she knocked on the door? Well, um, I'm going to try to remember. At that point, I, I at that point I don't remember what she, what I thought she wanted. Um, so I don't think I had much thought to it, other than maybe she was in the neighborhood. It's hard for me to um, kind of separate the two because I've read the news story a couple of times, but now I know. And, and again, please, I mean, share anything in the in the news article about it. She was actually even before this time she had actually reported it to the police. Like, oh, I think this happened but it sat in their cold case files or they just like literally like ignored it because the police are, you know, they have so many cases. Mm. It literally, if I recall the news report sat ignored for like a decade. Wow. Wow. And she, I think it took her, you know, going again and like fighting to get this to looked into for them to finally do it. But it had been reported prior, which I'm, I'm pretty sure is called it called that in the news article that she had actually been trying on this for several years or like a decade or something. Mm-hmm. And so now 
at that time, I don't know why she, she stopped by. I mean, again, I, I, I don't really recall what my thoughts were early on. But now it does seem like maybe she was trying to either, I don't know, remember or to not forget or mm. come up with more detail mm-hmm. or something. Uh, because now I know after the fact that she was st- still trying to get people to investigate this. Yeah. And, and yeah, cause she was like, I don't know. She was like five or seven or something like that when it happened. Wow. Wow. So it is mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. And then small world addition, like footnote, uh, I was telling this story once to a group of friends and when I was going to ASU and uh, we were just sitting outside on someone's patio, you know, just drinking beer and, and, you know, telling stories. And I had mentioned this, I told this story around the campfire uh, outside of my friend's apartment. And then there was another, a neighbor's boyfriend, a girl that lived here, her boyfriend, it was a group of us sitting on the campfire. There's most of us strangers to each other. Neighbor's boyfriend was sitting there listening. And he was very intently listening. I remember that. And, mm. and after the story, he let me finish the story. And he was like, dude, my uncle dated that woman, the surviving child. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I went to ACU 20 years ago. And so 20 years ago, coincidentally, I told the story around the fire when this guy's uncle, I did her. And he specifically remembered uh, details of the story. He remembered that she was burned, that she had um, scars, and that she was in, uh, well, this is after the fact, gonna make light of it, but like in like a lot of therapy, like. Um, mm, well, sure. Working with her, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I happened to tell the story, and I don't know what the odds are, maybe a population of Phoenix divided by a certain number, the odds are of telling this story to someone. <laughs> yeah. He had, and this guy had met her, the guy around the campfire, he had met her a couple times because his uncle happened to be dating her for some period. Wow. So he had met that woman. I had never met her. My brother and uh, my brother did, um, but I had never actually met her. But I met her one-time boyfriend's uh, nephew around a campfire. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty so, crazy. So, that that is one of the best ghost stories I've ever heard. <laughs> it's definitely a full circle, and it and it makes me kind of bring up. A, well, it makes me think of a lot of different things, especially around like I wonder um, now since it, essentially the case was is closed. You know, they they um, you know, tried tried the husband. He got convicted. There's been um, some redemption. Uh, the youngest daughter, you know, the, the surviving daughter story was heard. I'm wondering now if anybody does live in that house currently and if they have had any encounters with anything, maybe, maybe ghosts are, you know, people who like similarly to what you mentioned, Joseph, like they're, they're still in that transition state. There's unrest, there's stories that need to be heard or told and, um, and you know, you, Joseph and your family moved into the house at the right time to kind of witness all of this. And so I don't know, it's just, it's very interesting because like, like Beth, for me, this is one of those stories that is literally full circle complete with, you know, with a, a, a beginning, middle and end scientific and, and factual evidence to back up 
that these paranormal experiences are existing from a story that needs to be told still. I just find it really fascinating. <laughs> it's, it's actually an episode of like Ghost Whisperer or Medium or something. It's like, it's yeah. like a full road itself. Yeah, I was I was thinking that too. And I, you know, I was wondering like, I wonder what would have happened if like in when you, I mean, of course, obviously when you see somebody standing in the middle of a doorway and you go to pick up books and you're not expecting them to be standing there, we would all scream. But I wonder uh -huh. if we had, you know, like I wonder if you had a moment to take your, catch your breath and she would have stuck around if you would have been able to talk mm -hmm. to her, you know, like, mm -hmm. was she trying mm -hmm. to tell you like, Hey, like I need help. And there's an, uh, there's unrest here. And I don't know. It just, it's really interesting. Do you know if anybody still lives in that house? Yeah. So I've, I've been driven by it. I mean, less, less than a half a dozen times in the last you know, 28 years, uh, 27 years, maybe. And I, I, a couple things that I, I, so my mother did go in after we were out with like a local shaman type person and oh. try to clear it out. So oh. this would have been after the news and everything broke and after the dad was in, was in prison or at least, you know, arrested and on trial or whatever. Mm -hmm. So my mother did go in and bring and she 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 I remember she looked around Phoenix to try to find somebody who you know was qualified to do this kind of mm -hmm. clearing work and she brought somebody in and they they went in or I think they were I'm sure they could just be on the outside of the house but did some clearing and then the few times I've driven by it in the past 27 years there's always been someone living there I don't mm. I guess I could look up on Zillow to well I wouldn't tell you if the owner lives there but there has been people there ever since um, mm -hmm. every time I've driven by there's somebody there I kind of my very unscientific I've only seen one ghost theory is that between the case being him being caught and the case being closed and her body being you know found and some justice you know for the daughter that maybe that was enough for her to move on. I, I yeah. certainly would believe and do do believe that she was hanging around to make sure that story got told. And that's kind of yeah. where I was with my like chaos theory about what happens to you. Like, you know, in the moment of her passing, which, you know, just sounds utterly horrific that she was like, I can't leave my kids. Or right. Yeah. I was thinking that too. Yeah. And that she would yeah. have willed herself to remain mm. for their sake. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that makes perfect sense to me. And, um, but I, but you know, and, but I am still curious. Like I, I just would love to be able to talk to the person mm -hmm. that's living there now and see, maybe, maybe that's, you know, what is a ghost part three? <laughs> I don't know, uh, <laughs> episode three. Um, but I, I would just love to find out because uh, like from our perspective, logically, we would think, okay, yeah, now this energy is resolved and, you know, mom can move on, kids can move on. Um, everything is, is vindicated. But uh, that's what our human brain tells us. But then with all the years of paranormal investigating, and maybe you can confirm this too, Beth, like there's been a lot of indicated stories and yet still this energy exists. So why mm. and how, and, you know, like, um, 
more just from out of curiosity. And so I, I love the idea that maybe she was able to move on and now the house is, as they said in Poltergeist, the house is clean. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. I, I wonder, did the daughter know that, did, did the daughter have any idea that you guys had seen her mother? Mm. Probably not, right? I, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I mean, not to my knowledge, but. Yeah. yeah. It'd be interesting if she knew that, you know, like. I don't know. Yeah. Or yeah. if, if like you could have had a conversation with her, Joseph, like, you know, like, I just think it's interesting too. Cause like, like you said, what are the odds in Phoenix that you would be telling the story and, you know, the friend's uncle dated her, you know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it's, it's just um, mm. like maybe there was a thread that was trying to be connected to, to, you know, let the daughter know, Hey, you know, mom's okay. Now mom and, and mom and siblings are, we're good. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just so fascinating how we're all interconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Joseph, this has been really awesome. I appreciate you coming on and, uh, spending time to tell us about this. And I hope that, um, if our listeners have any stories they'd like to share with us, please email us at mysticalmagicalcreatures at gmail.com. Yeah, we'd uh, love to hear from you. Uh, any yeah. other stories, even thoughts, um, ideas, anything that you'd like to throw our way, we're, we're definitely open to hearing from you. So please email us at mysticalmagicalcreatures at gmail.com. We look forward to connecting with you. Yeah. And Joseph, thank you so much. This was such a great story and you're such an amazing storyteller. So I really appreciate your time and appreciate you coming on. Thank you. No, was, I'm happy to share it because uh, it's a, it is a, a mystical, magical thing. So happy to share it with you all. And <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Joseph. We really do appreciate it. <laughs> happy to. Thanks. Thanks.